Tip Today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, fuck on. Your Peugeot car or van might benefit from a free software upgrade. For more information and to find out if this applies to your vehicle, call the lads in Slattery's Garage, fuck on on 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Gabriela Margaret Pat, and uh, welcome back to the second hour of uh, Tip Today. Still getting a huge amount of correspondence in. Um, where aggression and abuse at games are concerned. And uh, thank you very much indeed for that. You're mentioning specific games, so I have to be rather careful, as you can imagine, about uh, doing that. But thanks for the information. And it's something we will be going back to. I promise you we will be going back to it, certainly on our panel uh, this week. All right, then, it's time for financial advice. I'm glad to be joined, as usual, by Frances O'Hanlon of FOH uh, Financial Limited. Good morning to you, Frances. Hi, and good to see you indeed. Um, well, we start with a question. Uh, with a person who wants to be a carer, would, would that affect their pension, which is non Contributory. Okay, so we're back to the the social welfare questions, which look it feeds into finance, yes. and that's it. I've no problem. So what we need to remember here is the non-contributory pension is means tested. So we need to remember that. Yes. So you are allowed to earn two hundred euros a week, have twenty k in your own name, and after that, anything else beyond that is included in an assessment as to whether you get it. But the carers allowance is not included in that assessment. So park that for a minute. Okay. okay? Then we get on to the carer's allowance, which is also means tested, but subject to terms and conditions also. So, uh, but any payment from the Department of Social Protection is not included in the means test. So that's back to the non-contributory pension. So now let's roll, and when it comes to the means testing, the first 50,000 of your capital uh, for the, the carer's allowance is not included. Let's roll on then. But, 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 right? Mm. If you are in one of the following situations, you may qualify for half-rate carers allowance. And this is important because I think it feeds into the question. Yes. Or if you're already getting carers allowance, but you also meet the qualifying criteria for another social welfare payment, if you satisfy the conditions for carers allowance it will be awarded at 50% of the rate that would apply if you were not getting the other payment. So the the, the short answer is um, yes to this person. If you're on the non-contributory pension, you can still get the non-contributory pension, but I would suggest you'll only get half carer's allowance. Okay, right. So again, case by case basis, how many times have we said that when it comes to social welfare? It would seem to me from what I have read and how I interpret it that this person's non-contributory pension, let's assume they're getting the full rate of their non-contributory pension, that they, if they qualify for a carer's allowance, as they're getting the non-contributory pension, I'm going to assume at full rate, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. then they will be awarded half carer's allowance if they qualify for the carer's allowance. Right, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think I'm playing with the full deck today, but what strikes me is if you set yourself up as a carer, for example, mm. and then took on board the non-contributing uh, pension, which allows you to, to, to be the yeah, carer, would again, you not get the full? No. No. Um, again, it's remember, I suppose, what it's saying here is, whilst it says that if you're getting the carer's allowance, that Department of Social Protection is not included in the means test, it doesn't mean that you can get two payments okay. at full, That's at what full I tilt. That's what I missed. You know, so, okay. again, it might be that you're only entitled to half. Now, remember, 
it might be that there's a situation where somebody is getting the non-contributory pension, they could be looking after two Yes, of course, people. yes. Okay. You know, so again, they, it might be that they're awarded 50%. What shouts at me here is, you know, our carers, <laughs> brilliant, really. Uh, you know, yeah. when you consider, I know there's, and we've mentioned this before, about striving to help people that are caring to give them, uh, award them credits for their eventual state pension um, if they're caring for somebody pre-retirement. But, you know, the work the carers do, I, know, I, I don't know. Incredible. It now, be. it looks as if there will be a nod towards them in the upcoming budget, but and, that's all it and, will be. Well, be I hope nod. it's a decent nod, yeah, that's all yeah, I say. Any, anyway, we, we all do. Yeah. Um, another question, what is the best way for grandparents to contribute in the long term to kids going to college, to grandchildren going to college? Okay, mm-hmm. so... I'm going to assume grandparents is the plural here. So I'm assuming that there's grandmother and grandfather. Mm. So the best way to do this is under the small gift exemption. And we've mentioned this many times before. So the small gift exemption allows um, you to give €3,000 per grandchild. So if you have grandparents, plural, two, they could technically give €6,000 a year, okay, to that grandchild. Now, they mightn't want to give 6,000 euros. It's no mean amount. So it might be that they want to give 3,000 between them or it might be that they want to give 1,000 euros between them. That's fine. One thing I would say here is please make sure that this is given to the child. I saw a situation lately where grandparents were doing this, but they were giving it all to their daughter. Right. Okay? So the the daughter was getting a, a small gift under the small gift exemption from her parents and they were also given the ch- the daughter oh, the, the son's right. gift. That's all, perce- if, if Revenue looked at that, they could perceive, oh, she's getting 12,000 a year from her parents. So the other 6,000 could technically be deemed as a taxable gift. Wow. So just be careful. How do you set that up then? I would say, look, you need, the simplest way is that the grandparents are giving it into the child's bank account, the child's post office account, the child's credit union account, or if they're dealing with a financial advisor, it might be that this is being paid into a long-term savings plan, an equity-based savings plan, which kind of brings us back to what we discussed last month about, you know, longer-term return on equities. Grandparents can set up an equity-based savings plan and then basically the debit on a monthly basis or an annual basis, say €6,000 or €500 a month under the small gift exemption can go in to feed the savings plan but is debited from the grandparents' account. But the, the policy, if the child is under 18, the policy is in, basically in trust. So it's deemed that every year the gift has been executed. Much cleaner way, but back to the, the, the I suppose, the simple matter in hand. Six, if we're talking about grandparents, plural, 6,000 a year is the max they can gift. If it's one grandparent, it's 3,000. So anything below that, because it may be that grandparents, you know, haven't got that amount to give, but they might want to give 500 euros mm. a year or 1,000 euros. So there's many ways to do it. But if you're looking at the revenue maxes, it's 3,000, okay? And if it's a thing that is plural, it's 6,000. There's also another way. There's a thing called a Section 73 gift policy, okay? okay? Where basically uh, the grandparents save an amount every month for a period of eight years, okay? And then they give a gift at the end of the eight years 
to the grandchild. Okay, and the idea is that the Section 73 policy covers off the tax that is due. Probably not, you know, probably complicating this a little bit, but it's just another string. It's another Mm. tool in the kit bag, shall we say. And they save over those eight years into a particular... Yeah, into it has to be a Section 73 savings plan. Okay, Okay. so the idea is that the amount that they're saving per month is to target the tax that will trigger when they make the gift. So let's say some lucky grandchild is going to get 100,000 from a grandparent. And the let's say that the capital acquisitions tax um, is going to be, or the gift tax is going to be 33,000 because it's at 33%. So the grandparents can save the amount of the 33,000 over eight years they can then, after year eight, they can gift the 100000 to the grandchild. They have the 33000 accumulated to pay revenue. Revenue don't deem it as a gift of 133000 That's That's the idea of it. They only deem it as a gift of 100000 Interesting. If you were to make the choice between both those options that you described... I, I mean, look... <laughs> I'm laughing here. Yeah. Um, you know, I've never been in this quadrant for grandparents of old, but, but, but you know, di- different times, yeah. right? But um, I would say the small gift exemption, I think, is more yeah. in tune with people's means. There's very strict points around the Section 73 policy um, in that you have to execute the gift within one, one year. Um, I, I would say for simplicity, and back to the question here, I think... The small gift exemption is a fantastic way of grandparents, parents, anybody gifting somebody money, but doing so based on their means per annum. And it can be up to 3,000. It can be mm. 6,000. And is there any difference in with where the gift is concerned as opposed to something you might gain from a will when somebody passes away? So that's different. So um, That's treated differently, it, is it? it? Well, you see, if you do it under the small gift exemption, yes. then you keep your threshold intact. Okay. So eventually, if the grandparents are bequeathing money to their grandchild, because they gave money under the small gift exemption, it doesn't count is not offset against the eventual okay. um i suppose money that they've received through inheritance okay so that's why the small gift exemption is a really really good way of good. of dealing with that so yeah. i my preference would be in this instance and i think what this person was saying is what's the best way for grandparents to give I've kind of gone around the world for sport, but I just want to show there's other options. Mm. What people need is advice, but I would say in this instance, the small gift exemption is a fantastic way. And lucky grandchild. Lucky grandchild, indeed. Um, You're always on about our credit rating and Mm. how important it is to protected Francis. But what's been happening with the the central bank recently? Do you you want to just go through briefly what did happen? Yeah, so basically, I'm calling this central bank boo-boo, right? Um, We're always... It's being very gentle. Yes, yes. absolutely. We're always ranting on about your credit, central credit register, how important your credit rating is. And um, this just happened over the summer. Right, And a lot of people may not be aware and it mightn't apply to them, but a lot of people it does. Um, so just to tell you what happened here, basically the central bank systems, the central credit register failed in that basically when a bank looks at you, they can look at a five-year picture. And in the month of June, sorry, in the month of May of 2023, when 
the view was being taken by a bank. Somebody goes in, they're applying for a mortgage. They were able to see three months more than they should have done. Of your credit history. Of your credit history. Yes. Now you might be saying, yeah, really? What odds mm. does that make? It makes a lot. Um, if you're a person that had issues of past, mm. right? And I, we have people where we're saying, okay, you can't apply for this until the 1st of November 2023 because you had an issue which is going to show in your credit rating up to September 23. Right. So we're going to leave clear water of a month. We're going to apply for this facility in November, the 1st of November 2023 because, and before we do it, we're going to check your credit rating just to make sure, feeding into this point, mm. that you're you're clear. So what happened was in this instance, people that should have been clear, there was three more months showing. So those three more, more months could have been still showing mm. their adverse credit rating. So if somebody applied for a mortgage or a loan within could, that time then and had that little thing yeah. on the, they, they'd be they denied. They could be declined, absolutely. Yeah. So the central bank, when it was brought to their attention, they said, oh, sorry about that. They corrected it immediately. But, you know, I suppose just to be clear here, in case, you know, people, you know, say, oh, yeah, credit rating, what does it matter? There was approximately 476,000 inquiries made by lenders for the period 1st of June to the 7th of August 23, right? Wow. So of that, there was about 20,500 borrowers affected by this error. So this is no mean amount. These are people, people that yeah. had glitches in their credit rating. Now, if somebody has an ongoing issue and it's still not sorted... Yeah. You know, that's that's still going to show. But these were people where there was repayment difficulties potentially showing from May, June or July 2018, which should not have shown on their rating. So long story short, um, it's, you know, it's ongoing. The, the central bank corrected it immediately. But as to how it affects those borrowers and how they're going to be dealt with, um, their credit rating has been corrected. The correct um, credit is showing as to how the effect on them, because possibly they've been declined a mortgage, declined a car loan, declined an overdraft, whatever it be. So that's going to have to be dealt with by the central bank. Okay. How will it be dealt with? Well, then? the first thing they had to do was correct the error which they've done. Now, look, stuff happens, Fran, and but it's in it, the impact of this on those twenty thousand five hundred people could be extreme. Like it could be the difference between them losing yes. um, a house, maybe that they were trying to buy, or tr standing in the forecourt of a garage trying to buy a car. So, uh, you know, there's it, there's mm. lots of knock-on issues. So they they no, corrected no matter... the records. Yes, but, but e even by doing that, uh, Francis, the, just the notion that you've been denied and that's documented somewhere, well, will I that not come against I, you I anyway? think that will have to be reversed. So I would say that the central bank will have to go to the individual banks that presented those inquiries and ask them to revoke that okay. say, look, this was our error. They'll have to correct that. There's no doubt in my mind. It cannot be an adverse outcome for those 20,500 right. people. It's just that What's missed because of it? You know, I, I don't know. These people will have to be dealt with on an individual basis. We are forever talking about this. Please, if you're in any doubt, you should do your... You can do a central credit register check once a year, mm. free. Mm. Check your credit rating. You know, 
people go to the dentist, the doctor or whatever it be, have a look at your financial health, which is the central credit register once a year. Some people it doesn't apply to. You know, they might say, well, I'm retired. I've no interest in borrowing. You know, I would still say just keep an eye. On, yes. your cred- on your credit And just rating. to remind people, something that you would see as relatively simple could affect your Absolutely. credit Absolutely. I mean, we've seen people that had a credit card back when they were, you know, maybe stu- end of student days where they missed payments. They didn't make the minimum 5% payment. And then all of a sudden they're knocked out for five years. You know, and they're to- normally these people are totally oblivious. So what we do as advisors, we say to people, go and get a uh, CCR check. If we've any doubt, but sometimes people say, oh no, I I never had a car, I never had a loan. They forget about it. Yes, of course. And they forget about it. I would imagine the the credit card is something that comes up quite a lot. Oh, absolutely. So remember now, you know, it was funny, I had somebody saying to me lately, oh, well, I only have a credit union loan, but that doesn't show up on the register. Yes, it does. Everything shows up on the register, you know, within reason. I think the limit is anything over 500 euros, and I stand to be corrected on that. But anything over 500 euros or thereabouts shows up in the central credit register, be it a credit card, term loan, you name it. All right. Uh, This week, Pension Awareness Week, uh, Francis. Uh, We'll be hearing lots about this, I presume. But, Mm. I mean... I can hear everyone cheering now. Yeah, but but (laughs) let's do it, though. I mean, why should people... Why Listen, should they take on a pension? You know, and I did a presentation to a group uh, late, literally last week, and I, I simply put it, why should I? What's in it for me? And they were the topics, because that's what yes. people need to well, see. Well, okay then, let me throw that back at you. Why should I? Why should I? Because, are you, do you intend to retire someday? Oh God, I do. All right, we don't want the county running the way I'm left, feeling right today. and centre here way, saying, oh my God. The way I'm feeling today, for sure. Yeah. You know, so if you intend to retire someday... Mm. If you feel you can live on 265.30, assuming you will get the full state pension, could you live on 265.30? God, no. No. So if you can't, you need to make provision for your eventual retirement. So let's say somebody is earning 50,000 a year and all of a sudden they drop down a lift shaft. And that's the way I can describe it. They're literally finished at 65. They're gone from 50,000 euros a year down to just a little over 14 if we take the bonus week into uh, consideration at 66. That's a significant drop. Now, I do appreciate people who may not have the mortgage, may not have the same appetite for finance or repayments mm. or whatever. They still have to live. And have you looked at the cost of living lately? Yeah. So it, why should I is, unless you feel you could live on 265.30 a week, you need to make provision for your retirement. So what's in it for you, I hear you say, you know, it's savings for your eventual retirement to give you a bit of comfort. You're feathering your own nest now, okay? Um, tax break at your own rate, be that 20% or 40% on any contribu- contributions you make. It's a good habit to get mm. into, to save, save, save for your eventual retirement. We talk about education plans, whatever. This is just another string to your bow financially. It's a very tax-efficient way of saving. And furthermore, your pension pot grows tax-free. Mm. The only time a tax is an issue in a pension pot is eventually when you're accessing it. And if it's done properly, mm. you should you should be going in higher 
and you should be coming out lower. But you okay? see, pe- people who don't want to pay into the pension, they come up with all sorts of things. That They heard stories yeah. about so-and-so who took my out auntie, the pension. My yeah, brother. And I lost their, their you-know-what yeah. on it. And look, you know. I've heard all of those yes. things. And again, I, and we've said that over years. What were you in? Who was advising you? You know, so you need to seek advice. And okay, people are going to say, oh, of course she's going to say that. <laughs> I am saying yes. it. You need to seek advice. Um, what I know, regardless of, you know, and I'm not saying old wives' tales. I swear I've seen some awful situations where people were so badly advised or got such a bad smack in, in, a, in a market. But normally what happens is people jump at the wrong time you know, dip, say, like 2008. Oh, my God, the sky's falling in. They jump off the surfboard and go into cash. They never recover. Right. So, again, that's all about advice. But I would say, you know, you will retire. Your, you know, your income will reduce. If not, you know, fully. Some people work partially. Um, look at the States. Mm. You know, anyone that goes to the States yeah. and you look at, go into any of these big DIY stores and you see people in their 80s still working because they have to. Um, so I would say if you have the right advice, if you have the right fund, if you're with the right provider, um, if you have the right charging structure, what's not to love? All right. Okay. But but get some advice and some, some independent advice. We're almost out of time, but of course it is nearing that time of year again yeah. in terms of tax returns and the like, Francis. Yeah. Isn't it? yeah. So in particular, I want to say to PAYE people this year, if you intend to make an additional voluntary contribution or a personal pension or PSA contribution, there's a, we're hearing a bit of an issue where before the revenue didn't require physical proof of the cert this year, we're, from what we're hearing so far, they want proof of it. Oh. So what does that mean? Before the 31st of October, you have to have completed your pension transaction and you have to have a certificate in your hand. Okay? So don't be running in the door of any institution or advisor on the 31st of October. The last thing you want to hear is, sorry, uh, we can't do this because we won't have the cert back to give you, to upload, to revenue, um, and that you're facing your full tax liability for 22. Please, this year, this is actually a live issue, um, and I know our own professional body are speaking to revenue about this at the moment because it's just something that cropped up in the last week. Especially if you're PAYE, will you please make sure that you give yourself two or three weeks to get this done. For the others, for people that are, um, you know, filing online, 31st of October, if you're making paper return, I don't think anyone does that anymore. If it's via Ross, the Revenue Online Service, your cutoff date is 15th of November. But please, 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 no different to to the PAYE workers Please give yourself the time to do this. Please, because if you make an EFT payment, which is an electronic transfer, you need to make sure that you have about five working days for that to land. If it comes in two days after the 15th of November, you're not going to get your tax break. All right, Francis, if people want to talk to you and get some advice from you, how can they do that? Well, they can contact our office. which is 052-612-9487. I had to think about that for a moment. <laughs> or uh, via our website, which is www.foh.ie or at foh at foh.ie is my right. email. Francis, great to see you as okay, always. Thanks, thank you. thanks very much indeed. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery's Garage.ie